What's up, Carter? Episode 14. There we go. Welcome to Off the Post Boston Sports, guys. Episode 14, like Carter said. How you doing today, bud? Can't complain. Beautiful day. It is. It's a great day. Great uh, great matchup tonight. A couple good matchups between uh, the Celtics basketball at 730 and then the Bruins tonight against Tampa. So a lot of good things going on. Um, Carter, what do you want to start with? I want to start with uh, just we can we can touch on the Revs real quick before we get going to the Bruins uh, tonight. Uh, the Revs had a tough game against uh, Montreal Impact this past weekend. Um, tough way to start the uh, tough way to start the season, but you know Revolution scored first. It was a beautiful goal by Teal Bunbury, who had recently turned thirty and recently uh, had the birth of his daughter. Um, so that was you know it started off great, and then all of a sudden things just started to go Montreal's way and. They scored, they scored a late equalizer late in the first half, and then it looked like the Revs were going to be up to one, then the goal was called back um, from an offside that after video review, there is video review in soccer, it's called VAR, Video Assistant Referee, <laughs> uh, after, uh, after video review, it was, uh, it was overturned, which was kind of a bummer, and then, and then Montreal ended up taking the lead not too, not too, uh, too long after, um, just the Revolution really need to figure out uh, how to defend set pieces just a little bit better, and they'll be good to go. And then late, the you know the, the refs had a bunch of opportunities to tie it, and it just wasn't going their way. But the the game was originally supposed to be played um, in, in Montreal's outdoor stadium, but they ended up playing inside. I forget exactly. They played in an indoor facility where it was really bad field turf on top of concrete. It was really bouncy, um, and it just it d- affected the game enough that you could kind of tell no one was really playing comfortably. Um, but the Revs have their home opener this Saturday against uh, rival Chicago Fire. So that's going to be a, a really interesting matchup. And uh, I'm going to be there, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Let me ask you, with, uh, with the Revs game and the turf being an issue, do you think that played a favor in both, both teams? Like when we look at it to relate it to hockey, both teams have to play on the same bad ice. Do you – do you reference that as the same way as you do with soccer? I do. I mean, because obviously, you know, Montreal is also playing on that turf, and it's weird because a turf turf that's that short and that bouncy can have a positive effect. Forwards really love it because the ball runs a little bit more true, and you can sort of plan your runs a little bit better. But the ball doesn't settle. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, soften up on 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 longer turf or on grass the way it would. Um, and and you have to change your touch that way, and you have to prepare for a ball that's not going to settle as much. Um, but yeah, it's the exact same, the exact same philosophy, you know, with, uh, with fans complaining about conditions of, 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 uh, of a rink, it's like, well, you know, the other teams also playing on the exact same rink. So, um, but it was, you could see it was for, it was, it was affecting both teams, but you could see it was, uh, it was, it was having, I think more of a negative effect than a positive. Yep, Nathaniel said on the Facebook Live, bounces go both ways for both teams. And I get that, too. And Carter's relating to that as well. But it can always change the game, even though both teams have to play on it. If it's, it's just like in football. If it's a swamp outside and they both play in it, depending on what team has a better run game, that might be a little bit of an advantage. So, exactly. yes, both teams always have to play on that type of field. But sometimes teams can migrate to a different style of play better than the other. So. Yeah, and and you know the Revolution were missing their really their star midfielder Carlos Hill, like I said last week with a foot injury. Um, I believe he is expected to come back this week at home uh, for their home opener. Uh, so that's going to be good. And when and where? Or when and who 
for uh, the game for it the home opener. Saturday, uh, the seventh against uh, Chicago Fire. Nice. I will be in Atlanta this weekend, and I know the team that is in Atlanta, which I don't know, uh, has a home game Saturday at seven. And I'll be right down the street from the stadium. So I'm possibly thinking about checking out my first MLS hockey game ever. Or soccer game ever. Atlanta United has one of the most electric fan bases. I highly recommend that you go. They always pack Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I'll tell you, I was shocked at the ticket prices. I looked at the ticket prices and even like the cheapest ticket to go to that game in that entire football stadium was like $95. And that's all the way up at the top. Atlanta United, they're, they're incredibly talented. They have an amazing fan base. I'm very jealous, um, and it's a, it's an incredible atmosphere in uh, in Atlanta there. So I, if you can afford it, I highly recommend that you go. Well, you've gotten on me a hundred times for not knowing my not knowing my soccer and not participating in it. So I might just have to do it to go ahead and chalk it up and get my first experience. And if you're telling me the fan base is what it is, I'd love to actually experience a lit fan base at a soccer match. Because that's all I see on TV is people going crazy at those games. So I think it would oh, be pretty you, interesting. You have to. Forewarning, though, their star, uh, their star forward Joseph Martinez just tore his ACL. Um, but they're still an, they're still an incredible team. But just be warned, you won't be we won't be seeing him. Okay. Well, guys, that's the soccer talk. That's that's going to be Carter's hot take because I have nothing to bounce back on with him. We can't go back and forth about things. All I can do is ask him questions to educate myself on soccer because I'm clueless, but the man knows his stuff. Now, something we can both relate on. We got a big hockey game tonight. Tampa, Boston. Which way is it going, Carter? Well, I don't know if you saw the report, but Brad Marchand woke up sick this morning. Yep, and it's a uh, game time decision. So I'm... I'm hoping that he stays out just for, you know, you think long-term. You also think you don't want a bug going around the locker room. Um, so I'm hoping he stays out. I think um, no Brad Marchand. I give the edge to, uh, I give the edge to Tampa on that one. With Brad Marchand, I think we pull out, a, I think we got a slim win, I think in overtime. But uh, I think the amount of work that Brad Marchand does in terms of obviously being on that first line, being on the power play and the, his, his uh, potential on, on the penalty kill. Yeah, that's a, that's a big loss if he's out the night for tonight. And and not only that, you're affecting the perfection line. A lot of people are saying, "Well, Stamkos is out. Stamkos is out." That team's stacked from end to end, and their third and fourth line produced very well. So with Stamkos being out, it doesn't affect it as much as Marshan being out for us. Period. Um, the good thing that I would like to see if Marshan is out, they're saying DeBrusque would jump up to that top line. What I like about that is DeBrusque has been struggling, and he's struggling to find his game right now. That could be a huge, huge confidence builder if he gets on that top line tonight and plays good hockey. But on the flip side, if he plays bad hockey, then that could hurt the morale even more. But it would be interesting to see him on the top line. Agreed. I, don't, I think he can keep up with that speed. Um, and with, you know, with the mentorship of Patrice Bergeron, uh, I, I think that – he it could do it could do good things for DeBrus going up to that top line. Now, these next three games are huge solely because we have a seven point lead right now. They have a game in hand. If we beat them tonight, you're jumping up to a nine point lead. If we both break even Thursday and play each other again this weekend and we win again, that's a twelve point lead with what, thirteen games to go? Yeah. Fourteen games to go. That's huge going down the stretch because that means that we'd have to lose six and they'd have to win six just to break even. 
Um, I don't know about you, Carter. I just don't want to go into the last week fighting to hold on to that number one spot. We've done that too many years. Um, the bright side is we're not fighting to get into the playoffs in the last week. We can basically count that in. But I don't want to be battling. I want our guys to be able to rest, play good hockey, and I have to fight to the end to get that number one seed. Exactly. And it, I think it all really depends on who we are more likely to wind up playing in the first round as well. And who Tampa is, is likely to end up playing in the first round as well. Because as we saw last year, it's very important who plays who and how those first rounds go down. Because last year, we had a path to the Stanley Cup final with Columbus taking down Tampa. It's not going to be as – it's not nearly going to be as easy this year for sure. But I think we are a better team heading into the playoffs than we were last year. So I'll tell you this, it's funny you say that, because if you finish the number one seed, the team that you play right now in the Stanley Cup first round Toronto. is the Columbus Blue Jackets. I thought it was Toronto. No, Toronto would play the Maple Leaf, or Toronto would play Tampa, because the one seed plays the wild card, and two and three play each other. Excuse me, my mistake. No, you're good. No, it's... I'm so confused. And I, guys, to be honest, I, I love the way the NHL has the divisions matched up. I just don't like how it falls into the playoff format. Because if the first seed gets upset by the wild card and the second seed loses to the third, you just lost the number one and number two seed right in the first round. Yeah, exactly. Now, does it make for good hockey overall? Yes. Last year was a lot of fun to watch. But let's be honest. Usually your top seeds are some of your top fan bases. That's got to impact the NHL when the one and two seed lose in the first round, and now you're watching a wild card team against the number three seed. So I'm a fan of how the divisions are set up, how three get in, all that. I'm just, I wish they could find a way to adjust the playoff format, and I can't answer to how they would do that by any means because I don't know. But it's interesting that they risk losing one and two right out of the first round. I mean, I will say, wasn't wasn't, uh, Carolina a wild card team heading to the Eastern Conference final last year? Yeah, I think that made for an uh, for an awesome story. It did. Oh, it absolutely did. You had the hurricane. You who did you just say? Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. You had care and guys. It it lit up here in North Carolina. It, it was it was unbelievable what what they did in North Carolina with that team making a run like they did. I still think now, they should have. I still think they should have worn the Whalers jerseys in the playoffs. But that's just me. Yeah, I, I would like to see more Whalers jerseys. Now, twenty twenty one, Carolina does have. Um, the outdoor game here in Raleigh. And I'm praying that they announce that they're playing against the Boston Bruins. And how cool would it be for the Bruins to wear a throwback jersey and the Hurricanes wear the Whalers jersey in an yeah. outdoor game? I, I mean, the Bruins, how many Winter Classics have they played in already, though? It's been 2010, Two. uh, 2014, 2017, and, and 2019. So I don't think they would give us a fifth already in Carolina just being in their first. Jeez, so it's been four? Yeah. Wow. I I didn't even realize we've been in four winter classics already. So I'm with you that they wouldn't have they, they wouldn't do the fifth. But the only other team that I could think that would make for a good viewing here would would be the Penguins against them. Because there's a big Penguins fan base here in North Carolina, and I don't know why, but there's a big following by the Penguins fans here in North Carolina. I mean, they also want those rivalry games. So who, who's – I don't know who – I don't even know who the, the Hurricanes' big rival is. They don't. And I even asked the Carolina fan the other day, I'm like, who do you play? And they're like, I don't know. They're like, we really don't have a rival. And then that's when they mentioned it would be cool to watch it with the Whalers jerseys. 
and Boston. But to your point, I don't know if they'd grant us a fifth outdoor game in X amount of years. If somebody's watching on the live feed, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's four. It might be three, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's four. All right. I'm going to type that question and see if we can get an answer. Um, you must feel a lot better. Kimba's coming back tonight. I know that's been a concern. Better. I, I, I'm a little nervous because, you know, he, he's, we talk about last week he was just having his knee drain and all of a sudden he's ready to come back. I think they should hold off a little bit longer just to be extra cautious because if he makes a bad cut, makes a wrong turn tonight, that might be another two weeks. Now, they did say he's going to play limited minutes, which I don't know what that means. Um, that means, I mean, think about with, with Zion, when he first came back in the middle of the season recovering from his knee injury, they started him out, I think it was about 15 minutes, and they took him out for the rest of the game no matter how bad the fans wanted him back in. Then they upped it to about 17 to 19 minutes, then about 20 minutes, and so they slowly worked him back to playing however many minutes he's averaging now. But they, 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 the, that's per the medical staff on the team. The trainers, they're going to say, Coach, I don't care how badly you want to win with Zion. He has to come out after this next buzzer. Yeah, and a game like tonight is not a must win. We are getting ready to close in on the last few of uh, the last few games of the NBA season. I am glad he's back. I do hope, to your point, I do hope he does play the limited minutes that they're saying he needs to play, and he gets a good win and keeps it rolling and just comes out healthy. I don't want him to play limited minutes, and then we get a, a mass email tomorrow that says that his knees swelled up again. He's not going to travel to the next game. That That's worst case. Um, Celtics playing good, good, good basketball right now and i'd like to see them keep it going i'd like to see you know gordon hayward step it up just a little bit more um in the absence of a guy like kemba because he's the guy that they're paying him a lot of money and in the absence it just seems like he's been fine but he hasn't stepped up to the to the to the expectation of i think what most fans are expecting to see out of a former all-star in gordon hayward I think he's, you know, the other night, I think he was shooting around 50%, but he wasn't hitting the shots that really mattered, um, especially against Houston. Um, so I think if I want to see anything out of, out of anyone, I mean, I know we're missing, we've missed Cantor recently, um, and the bench is a little bit short, but I, I just think that we can't, you can't, we can't expect Jason Tatum to keep up what he's doing right now. No, no, and it's not. Now, do you put – is Tatum in the MVP talk? I, do you I put him imagine, there? I have to imagine. But, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine he's not at least in the talks. Whether he's on the final ballot or not is, is a completely different story. Um, is, you know, is he, does he surpass a guy like Giannis? Does he surpass LeBron? Uh, does he surpass Kawhi? Um, I don't think he's done it long enough. Like, exactly. he's had a good so stretch. It's been since the All-Star game, but has it been the overarching story of the NBA all season, you know? Agreed. I just I, – I, I wouldn't put him in the MVP category for this season. Is he an MVP-type player? Does he deserve to be in the conversation with these other guys? Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't see how he's going to get enough votes to put him as the MVP – of this season in the NBA over a LeBron or over a Harden, over anybody like that. I don't see that happening. 
But the fact that he's in the talks and he's at the age that he is and he's playing the ball he is at that age and how long he's been in the NBA and keeping up with these other guys is phenomenal. And somebody else that stepped their game up recently, Jalen Brown. That shot he hit to tie the game was unbelievable. The fact that we lost was frustrating. I think that was I think that was Marcus Smart that, that hit it at the buzzer. Jalen Brown. With against the against the Rockets. Yeah, I, I'll double check, but I was pretty sure it was Jalen Brown. Let's see. Actually got a computer in front of us. Let's see what we got. He hit it against the Jazz and Rockets. Let's see. Do you think we got screwed out of that game while I'm looking this up? I don't. Um, I think the I think it just comes down to again uh, missed opportunities, and I think that's an, I think that's just the end of the game for for the the big losses. Like you know, you think back to the to the tight game against the Lakers, and I think it's the exact same story against the Rockets. It's just didn't capitalize when it needed to be capitalized. It was Jalen Brown. Um, oh, pardon me. Pardon me twice. You're good. I think uh, the only thing that I don't like is I, I hate games like that because as a fan, you're so pumped. It's like, boom, we tied the game, got the momentum on our side, and then we lose by a point. It's always just it's such a roller coaster type of ride when you get up, down, up, down, up, down, and then take an L and go to bed. That's the game of basketball. It is. Um, one thing that we posted on the Instagram and Facebook, guys, so – I think we can agree on three out of the four, and we can have a discussion about the fourth. So the biggest rival in hockey is Bruins Canadians when it comes to Boston sports. I don't think arguably, any of us – Arguably the biggest rivalry in sports, in my opinion, next, next to maybe Red Sox-Yankees. Yes, so touching on that. So you have two of the biggest rivals in two sports, Red Sox-Yankees, Bruins Canadians. I still believe the number one hands-down rivalry ever – in the NBA is Celtics Lakers. Not even a question. Yeah. So as a Boston fan, you have three out of the four major sports. You have three of them where you can say your team has the number one rival. Now, the big question is when you get to the Patriots, Carter made a good point earlier when we were talking. He says the Buffalo Bills. I will agree with him to the fact that recently just the hatred between the two teams, because come on, a rivalry has a lot to do with hatred. The hatred between the two teams, the fact that they think they can beat us every single year, even when they are bad. The fact that Drew Bledsoe played for them when Brady took over. There's a lot of stuff that points to the Buffalo Bills. What makes you feel that the Buffalo Bills are the number one rival against the Patriots, Carter? I mean, I love the interdivisional rivalry with the AFC East. I love that they're right on our tail now. Um, and I, you know, you, you said it, a rivalry has to do a lot about a lot with hatred. Um, I don't think this is a, is, is a, it's obviously isn't really a historic rivalry. Um, but I just think the, the animosity between the two teams is just always, I always get nervous for some reason when we play Buffalo, just because if they were to beat us, we, you know, that we would never hear the end of it. So we just have to make sure that we beat them. And that, that in my mind is, is is what qualifies it. If I had to go outside of uh, the AFC East, I, I don't think I could think of anything other than, than either Philly or, or Baltimore, but that that's, that's it for me. I would have to go with Baltimore next to the, because you think about 
the the battles between uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Ed Reed, you know, Ed Brady admitted was the hardest corner he's ever played against. So I just think if it's not if it's not Buffalo for me, it's it's Baltimore. All right, now Bessa, what about Miami? I don't no. think you can't put them as a rival so, solely because they don't even make the playoffs. They don't they, matter. Now, one thing that's weird that we all know as Patriot fans that we've dealt with for years, anybody in our division can beat us once a year. It just works that way. Like, like Carter said, it seems like Buffalo shows up once every year. The Jets show up once every year. Miami beats us for sure once every year. It just, it just happens that way. I can't explain it. I don't know why. I get it's an inner rival, like divisional. It's hard to play your own division. I get that. But when you look at the athleticism and how separate they are and how good we are and bad they are, we always play down to their level. When I think of the Patriots rival, I go back and I think of what we had to deal with with Peyton Manning. And I pinpoint right out the gate the Colts because it was always us and the Colts, AFC Championship, AFC Championship, AFC Championship. And it was Brady Payton, Brady Payton. But let me let me ask you this. Is that a rivalry between the Colts or the Broncos, or is it just a rivalry between the Patriots and Peyton Manning? Good. You, you got me stuck. I mean, you, you're right. But, yeah, you got me. Like, that's a rivalry against Payton, and it just happened to be that he played on those teams. Um, if we took the quarterback out of the equation – I would go point at the Pittsburgh Steelers because if we weren't in the Super Bowl, they were. And if it wasn't Peyton with the Colts or Peyton with Denver, it was Big Ben. So I've always looked at the Steelers as a big rivalry. I I agree with you on that one. I didn't consider Uh it. I think I always think of Baltimore just because of just because of Ray Lewis and and Ed Reed. But but I I always forget about because, you know, I always forget about Big Ben just because of how forgettable he is these days. I think that's why it's hard to pinpoint a rivalry for New England because, let's face it, guys, it's New England against everybody. That's just the way it is every year. So every time a game yeah, comes I, I up. I forgot about the other rivalry. It's, it's, it's New England versus Roger Goodell. So, Yo, very true. Yep. New England versus the NFL versus Roger versus everybody. Um, the Colts, they were the one that blew the whistle on Deflategate. So I think that helped kind of let's continue be real. it a little let's bit. Let's be real. That was ESPN that blew the whistle on Deflategate. True. But – Somebody took that ball to the sideline, and it was taken from him. And the player that took the ball, that ESPN was like, "Oh, oh, wait," he said, "He said the ball felt flat." He came out and said it didn't. He came out and said, "I never said that. I took the ball to the sideline because I intercepted Tom Brady, and I have no clue where the ball is anymore." He said it then, felt funny, maybe. Yeah, it felt funny. Then because yeah, your hands are numb because it's twelve degrees outside. Yeah, and don't forget. Air pressure, guys, if you guys ever get up in the morning and your car has been outside and it's cold weather, your your tire light's going to come on, just FYI. So uh, Kevin said, I'm a big Steelers fan, and I always hate the Patriots. So, see, that goes to my point. Best says Patriots versus Peyton, which is valid with what you said. But uh, I think in football, a rivalry outside of a division goes year by year. So yeah. to Carter's standpoint, if you had to pick a team within the division, you would have to say the Buffalo Bills. So that would be a true rival. But when you do say teams like the Steelers or the Colts or Denver or Baltimore or even the Giants who took two Super Bowls from us, football goes year by year. That, that's just how it works. Because usually there's a big, tough game outside of your division 
that's heated, and then you guys play again in the playoffs. And it's all jacked up from the previous meeting you had before. So I say we got three out of four sports as the best rivalries in, in, in the four major sports. But I think football is definitely year by year. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any way to pinpoint that whatsoever. I'd have to agree. Um, speaking of rivalries, we mentioned the Sox. We got some bad news today. Uh, Chris Sale is going to get an MRI. Well, it's not, it's not bad news yet. Yet. Here's my, here's my concern. They said, he, they said at the end of last year that he should have had Tommy Johns or could have had Tommy Johns, but they're going to take it easy and see how the arm felt. Well, you know what happened. We didn't make the playoffs. They rested him, played him, rested him, played him. Now that he's going to get an MRI and it's going to be reviewed by Andrews, the doctor that usually does all of the Tommy John surgeries, is very, very concerning to me. I and think they just want to make sure that they get – they're getting his eyes on it because he knows what needs Tommy John. And if he says that he doesn't need Tommy John, he just needs to rehab it, strengthen it just because he is so thin and that's a lot of pressure on those joints and those tendons, then I think they just want the best eyes on it. It's concerning, though, to the fact that where if we lose Chris Sale, guys, this is – be ready. Number one, be ready for a long season in general. It, yeah. It's going to be a battle. Um, not saying we can't make the playoffs because right now you have five starters, including two pitchers that are out for New York. So – they're, they're going to be in the hole right out the gate when it comes to injuries. But if we don't have Chris Sale and our pitching is already suspect, it could be a very long season. I want to know from you guys that are on the live feed right now, do you think if Chris Sale is fine, the Boston Red Sox, I want you to answer this, Carter. Do you think the Boston Red Sox can make a run at the AL East if the Yankees continue to stay injured? If Chris Sale is fine or if he's injured? If he's fine. I think, yeah, I think the, the Red Sox are a playoff team. I don't think – I think you, you – if you look at the – if you take the look, you know, the game obviously isn't played on paper. But if you look at the lineup that the Red Sox have right now and you get Alex Verdugo completely healthy and, his, you know, his back isn't an issue, Kevin Pillar does what Kevin Pillar can do, I think you have, I think you have a good lineup for, for at least – 75% of the season pending, you know, no major injuries, nobody gets sick, nobody gets traded for no reason. But I think, yeah, I think you look at what the Sox have returning and uh, what they have incoming. We have the, we have the batting lineup. The, the, the bats are there. That's, that's the thing that sucks. The, the bats are there. We have a good batting lineup. Yes, we lost Mookie Betts. I think it's the ben pitching. Attendee- uh-huh. If if anything is going to sink the, the Red Sox this season, it's going to be the pitching. The defense yeah. is great, too. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yes, guys, losing Mookie Betts, did it suck? Is it Was it ideal? Was it any of that? No, nobody wanted that. And, yes, is it going to impact the team to an extent? Ben Attendee is going to fill in his leadoff, which is going to be good. Is he going to be a Mookie Betts number guy? No, nobody is. That's the reason he's getting paid what he is, and he's in L.A. right now. That's that. But when you look down that starting lineup, the bats are there. If pitching can at least get us through most of the season, just make the playoffs. Because as cliche as it sounds, anything happens in the playoffs. We all know that. Just get in. I, I, think, I think they'll at least be a wild card. I truly believe that. And now I'm, 
praying since that this is being recorded that they don't fall flat on their face. Um, something cool to speak to. We don't want to give it, give it away too much. Uh, Carter has a special guest tomorrow that he is meeting with in Boston. Um, Carter, you want to throw some hints out there without giving it away? Uh, sure. I'll just, well, they, uh, they, they play at warrior arena and, uh, uh, this this individual I'm interviewing was uh, happened to be an all star, and uh, just uh, so happens to play uh, professional hockey. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be meeting with uh, this individual. I might have a surprise for for uh, for our listeners and for our, for our, uh, for for those of you who follow uh, women's hockey. It's uh, it should be interesting, and and for those of you who happen to read also my my uh, my website. There will be an article coming up soon. There it is, guys. So we got a cool surprise for you guys. So make sure if you haven't, Carter's website, Carter32ndSports.blog. 32ndSports.blog. 32ndSports.blog, guys, is where you can find all of Carter's articles. He's about to have a really good one posted after the interview uh, tomorrow. He will record it, so we'll make sure we upload the recording of it so you guys can hear it as well. We'll also do a little article uh, on the Instagram and Facebook for those of you that follow that and be able to listen to it. And uh, it's cool, guys. It's a little step forward for us. We're going to be able to interview a live professional athlete and uh, baby steps. And it's just it's going to be awesome. The fact that this person was 100% willing to meet with us, discuss what they go through, in their professional career and uh, what they do on a day-to-day basis is outstanding. We couldn't ask for anything more. So big shout out to that person and more of a shout out once we release who it is and what it was about. So uh, you got anything else, Carter? I think we hit it all. Yeah, guys, as always, we appreciate you. It's off the post Boston sports. It's all Boston, all sports, all the time. Peace out, Carter. See ya.